Welcome to the Soul Grit Podcast. I'm Ann Taylor McNeese, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I also love Jesus, and I'm passionate about all things gospel and therapy. I created Soul Grit to be at the intersection of mental health and Christian faith. Christ followers need a place to ask questions and get answers about mental health. Join me as we dive into real stories and real questions from people who want to honor God with their hearts, souls, and minds. Hey, welcome back to the Soul Grit Podcast. This is Anne, and today we have another special guest who I'm really excited to share with you. She's going to talk to us about mindset. But before we get there, I just wanted to give you a couple of reminders. We are still currently running the giveaway for Drew Frozy's book, Faithful. Drew was our guest on the podcast last week, and if you'd like to enter to win a copy of his book, you can go over to soulgritresources.com, enter your email address there, and any new addresses I get this week, I will enter to win that one of those books. Now, if you're already part of my mailing list and you would still like to enter the contest, just feel free to send me an email at info at soulgritresources.com and tell me you want in. Or you can uh, share a post on Instagram or Facebook and tag me in that, and then I'll know that you want to be part of the giveaway. I'd um, love for you to continue sending in reviews and ratings and sharing the podcast with those that you know could use a little hope for their mental health and their Christian faith. I also wanted to announce that at the end of the month, uh, February 28th, I'm going to be hosting a master class. This is going to be for therapists who are interested in learning more about integrating their faith into their practice. So if you are a therapist or you know a therapist who is personally a Christian but doesn't practice from that perspective, this class is going to be for you. It's going to be all about your calling and identity and how you can use your faith in your practice. So I encourage you to sign up. Up for that, you'll find a link on soulgritresources.com for that masterclass coming up on February 28th. And with that, I'm going to get into the interview. Just so you know, it was a longer conversation, so I cut it right in the middle, and you will have to come back next week to hear the rest of it. So I um, hope you enjoy this interview with Michelle Niedert. Excited to have a new guest today. Her no- name is Michelle Niedert, and she is a busy lady. She's got a counseling practice. She's a public speaker and author with a new book coming out and a mom and so much more. You'll see her all over social media too. So I'm really excited to have her and her expertise here on the podcast today. So we're going to be talking a little bit about mindset and Michelle will tell you she's actually an expert in kids' mental health and the host of the Raising Mentally Healthy Kids podcast. And so she's going to tell us a little bit about the raising kids with a positive mindset, but also for ourselves, for those of us that don't have kids, there's going to be plenty in here for you as well. So welcome, Michelle. Thanks so much for having me. It's so much fun, especially to interact with another counselor. I feel like a lot of times we're in our office with our clients and we don't get the opportunity to talk with one another very much. I'm excited. I'm actually going to a state conference for the Christian counselors of Texas. So I think we share that too. We both integrate faith into Mm -hmm. our counseling work and and there's not a ton of us that are doing that. So that's kind of, you know, a special bond we share as well. So I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to talk about mindset because I think we're right now 
you know, we have such great intentions to keep a positive emotions in our, in our lives. And it's hard. It's a, it's a daily battle for sure. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Like integrating faith into our practice is a passion for me because I think that people get just so much more healing and wholeness when they have that part integrated into their counseling. And, and also like you say, like sometimes we don't get to interact with other counselors because we just go in a room for 50 minutes at a time with a client. And you, sometimes you don't see a coworker all day or like I'm in a solo practice. I don't have any coworkers. So I like to have what we call virtual coworkers, which is people across the United States doing this kind of work. And then that's kind of one of the benefits of podcasting for me as well, that I get to have these kind of conversations that are really fun, get to know new people, find what out what interesting things they're working on. So really appreciate yeah. that conversation with you. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about this subject because, you know, we have so many thoughts every day and you and I both practice cognitive behavioral therapy, mm-hmm. which the whole idea behind that from a a general psychology perspective is that we have some stinking thinking going on in our heads and we don't want it. We didn't sign up for it. It it, it was created in the experiences that we have from a spiritual perspective. It comes from the enemy who wants to twist us up and not be able to function as well here on earth. And it's, and then also we're just constantly interacting with people and experiences and through that we're gaining feedback. And, you know, sometimes our mindset filters change what we hear and what we think, especially about ourselves and about our lives. And I see people struggling a lot with that today. They have a lot of worry that can come on them about, am I doing enough? Am I, am, am I enough? Um, are my kids going to be enough? Is it going to be okay? Um, with the pandemic, I think that's been a huge question that we're, we're asking, are we going to be okay? And I think it's more important than ever that we do that cognitive behavioral work, that we stop those automatic negative thoughts. But before we even do that, we choose some positive things that we're going to think about. And we dwell on those things first, like before our feet hit the floor. Mm -hmm. And from a faith perspective, we call that renewing the mind. It's from Romans 12, one through three. And that's what helps us from getting weary is to renew our minds. And and people ask me, how often do you do a mindset reset? And I know people will sell you a seminar (laughs) or a counseling session, you know, where like, come in here and you can change your attitude in one day. And I have clients like we talk about this and then the next week they're like, it's not working so well. And I'm like, you've been training your brain one way for years. It's going to take a little while to unravel that, but it's possible. And you Mm -hmm. and I get to watch our clients practice changing the way they think. Yeah. And then it affects the way they feel. Yeah. And it even affects what they do. It's just Mm -hmm. amazing to me. I think it's such a great privilege to watch that over and over again and just see how powerful that is. And then when they involve God in the process, it's even more powerful. Yeah. Like I'll have clients that come in for a couple of sessions and you can already see the changes happening. Mm -hmm. And then I have people that I'm working with for three or four years that it just takes that long for that renewal process to happen and for new patterns to start evolving. And some counselors will be like, Oh my gosh, you saw somebody for that long. And depending on like the complexity of the trauma and things like that, sometimes it takes that long for things to start changing. But now when I get a message 
from a client like that saying, Hey, I used to do this in this situation. And now I just realized that I did this. And like, that's a cause for a celebration. So much celebration of freedom. And Mm -hmm. I know that you use EMDR in your office as well. Mm -hmm. And what I love about that is that's like cognitive behavioral therapy. That's like that mindset reset on steroids, right? Because you're going to combine the body and the mind work. Mm -hmm. And, And that's what I really am talking a lot about across the country right now is that we really have different areas of our lives where we want to work on making up our minds. We want to make up our minds spiritually, what we believe about ourselves and our world based on, you know, a traditional Christian view would call it a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. And I think some of us don't really know what that means if we haven't been to seminary, but <laughs> what that means is that we align our thoughts with God's thoughts. Scripture talks about us having the mind of Christ. So that's where I think makes us different is we work with our clients who are wanting Christian counseling. And I don't know if you'd see all Christians. We don't, we offer Christian counseling upon request, Mm -hmm. but that's the majority of people who seek me out for sure. If for even for national consults now that I do across the country and coaching with women, they're just still, sometimes you have this, this pattern that's been in your head. And we can see that in the neural pathways. Now, you know, Dr. Caroline leaf is someone I interviewed on the podcast Mm -hmm. and she and I talk a lot about, the thoughts and, you know, the neuro pathways that are created. And yes, some clients, neuro pathways aren't real deep and thick, so they can work for a little while and they can like recover quickly from that. But some of them have had life experiences that have locked certain experiences in the brain. And that's been reinforced through other experiences. And that takes a while to undo. But the Mm -hmm. most amazing thing is, I don't know about you, but I've never met a client who didn't make progress. Mm -hmm. You know, it might not be the same pace, Cause we also only have so much bandwidth to work on this because we're trying to do jobs and raise kids. And some of us are helping with grandkids and some of us are single and we're taking care of ourselves. And a lot of the responsibility, I was single until I was 32. So I relate to people who, you know, are in the stage of life where these things aren't demands, but you know what? I also find people who are single in a family, people in their family. I work with a lot of women who are single their family has a lot of expectations of them because they don't quote have kids. So there's like this idea that they have all this bandwidth to maybe help with mom and dad or Mm -hmm. help with a, you know, a niece or a nephew or to do something more. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are working long, hard jobs and barely have time to take care of themselves Mm -hmm. from a spiritual, mental, physical, relational perspective. And I think all of that affects our mindset. Yeah, it does. So why don't you dive in a little bit and just clarify for us what you mean by mindset versus some of the other, maybe like counseling or pop psychology terms that we might use. What what does mindset mean to you? I think mindset is more than a thought. I think it's a group of thoughts that come together that create kind of an approach. Mm-hmm. So it's one of the things I think about, but what we did in this book is we unpacked different mindsets. We identified mindsets people struggle with, like, mm-hmm. like, and, and where mindsets come from, right. It, they show up in our emotions. Mm-hmm. So, um, we can have an angry mindset. We can be angry about a lot of things. And usually when we see that, we'll think this should not happen. Mm-hmm. And, and when we get into those shoulds, yes. a lot of times we're going to see anger. Right. And so we talk in the book about how do you recover from that? If that's, if you're a shoulder, and you have these unrealistic expectations. You know, I was working in the marriage office yesterday with a, a, a couple and I told him like, this is like a second marriage for both of them. Like, you know, 
I don't think you get it. She's still struggling with the idea of the fairy tale marriage. Like she mm-hmm. was hoping y'all would have it. And he's like, well, we do. I'm like, yeah, you guys have a great marriage, but you don't have the fairy tale marriage because no one gets the fairy tale marriage. So it's breaking exist. that lot. It doesn't exist, <laughs> right? You and I don't have it. And we've probably read more books on marriage than yeah. the average human combined could ever dream of. And we practice it in our offices. Mm-hmm. And then we go home and we kind of fall apart and ignore our spouses just like everybody else sometimes because yeah. we're human. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, I think that's part of the mindset is realizing who we are and whose we are. That's that spiritual component of mindset. Um, but then also managing that emotional component of mindset. Are you feeling depressed? Are you feeling anxious? And I, I even almost hate to use the word feel with that because to me, you feel sad and then clinical depression is something you experience yep. and somebody like you and I diagnose you with it. Right. I'm getting a little worried. Mental health is becoming so trendy in the culture. People are diagnosing themselves. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to somebody just after I'd spoken and she's like, well, I have depression. And I was like, well, how do you know you have depression? Yeah. You know? And she was telling me and I'm like, that, I don't know if that means that just, you know, you can think what you want and you may have had depression at one time, but our diagnoses are snapshots of one moment of person's life, right? Mm-hmm. So you could qualify for a major depressive disorder and Blue Cross Blue Shield especially can tell me or one of the other insurance <laughs> companies, you know, five months later, you don't qualify anymore mm-hmm. because that depression is resolving. It's mm-hmm. not a destiny. It's just a diagnosis and it's a moment. Mm-hmm. And so you may, you may struggle with sadness or you may struggle with fear or you may truly, it may have been built up in you so much. It's showing up in your body. It's showing up in your mind. It's showing up in your heart and it's getting into those stages. Yeah. So I think the idea is first, we're going to identify like, what is our struggle? And then we want to think about, okay, what could I think to battle that? I think that's what, do you ever do the thing? This is something and your, your, your listeners could do this, right? They could take a sheet mm-hmm. of paper, mm-hmm. they could fold it in half and they could just like try to be aware in their day of any negative thoughts that came through their heads. And we don't even realize because we're moving so fast and we're interacting so much. And when we're not, we're scrolling, mm-hmm. you know, that we really have just a lot of thoughts mm-hmm. going on. And so to pull those out, to take them apart. And if we wrote those down and then we looked at the light of God's truth on the other side, we could write truths. We might even yeah. could use a scripture that would combat that thought. Yeah. And then we have to embrace this new way of thinking. Cause I always tell people like, what do you like right now? And if I say, don't think about the pink elephant, don't yeah, think about can't. the pink elephant. What's in your head. Yeah. It's the pink elephant. You yeah, can't but if that. I tell you embrace the blue mouse, embrace the blue mouse. So we, we don't want to just fight, like, don't be angry. Don't be scared. You know, I, yeah. I see kids do that a lot. They they're struggling against the negative. Mm-hmm. And I think that idea of renewing your mind is replacing that. Yeah. And that's why I teach people that your mind is more like a vacuum that you can't take something out without putting something in because it's just going to suck in whatever is available. (laughs) So, and in this world is not going to send you the most positive things unless you just are really surrounded with great people. Yeah. Well, and that just doesn't happen to anybody. (laughs) Like, even if you are surrounded with great people, they all have their struggles too. So if the only thing that's around you that's available is more negativity. You might get rid rid of one struggle and just replace it with another struggle because you have to consciously and intentionally pick something that is good for that, your mind to vacuum up and suck in. 
right? Yes. And that's why I say like you, you have to be in your scripture every day. And whether that for you is going to be listening to worship music in the car or like reading your Bible or being around people who know the word better than you do, like that you need to have something in. And I really like that verse in Philippians four, eight, where it says, whatever is pure and whatever is lovely, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is excellent, like think on these things because God is telling you specifically how to fill that vacuum. And so you have to go through and like you said, make a list and decide, okay, what do I have in my life that is true and pure and excellent? Yeah. That's the stuff you put in. And, you know, I think about that. In fact, you know, the baby step for a lot of women I work with is just having Alexa tell her the verse of the day. It's so easy or Google or Apple Um, or to, I I love Mary DeMoose pray every day podcast. And there's the Bible recap podcast. There's a lot of places where like, you can literally be putting on your makeup Mm -hmm. and infusing your mind with a new worldview and new ideas. And I think we have to be intentional about that. Because if we're not, like you said, that vacuum's going to get filled and usually it gets filled with kind of like the comparison of the Instagram lifestyle. And we're feeling so much less than a lot of times. And I, I don't think a lot of guys are like scrolling Instagram though, but, but they themselves too are like, they're even hearing from their families. Like they're working so hard outside the home and then they're hearing not enough. Like you're not romantic enough. You don't spend enough time with your kids. I just think Everywhere there's these messages that people are giving us because honestly, people want to sell you something and in order to sell you something, they need to show you something's wrong with you. Yeah. And there, and there, we are going to struggle and there are things, but that's part of it. I think normalizing the struggle is a big part of what we do as counselors Mm -hmm. is a lot of people had a parent who said to them, you're struggling. And that means there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And we need to be careful about that with our own kids, you know, is to, to help them struggle. Well, you know, in fact, we met because of a podcast we both listened to that's about mom struggling well. Right. So it's that idea of struggling well. And that has a lot to do with how we think about ourselves, how we think about our world and how we approach others. Mm -hmm. And so I think those are really important aspects. And of course, how we view God, because those three letters mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. And like, speaking of like struggling well, like, I think that it's really important that we just express to each other and to our kids and our spouses and everything that, yeah, everybody has struggles. Your struggle might be different than my struggle, but we all go about our day. We all walk into our school or office or wherever we go and we're all carrying something. And so like I'm in this stage of parenting where I'm trying to teach my middle school daughter that, yeah, you're going to have struggles and you're going to do it anyway. Like we're going to talk about struggles and we're going to be brave and courageous and we're going to be empathetic with each other, but we're going to still do the hard things because that's you know, what and I think that's for. what, yeah. Hebrews talks a lot about that, that idea of persevering, but persevering is hard mm-hmm. doing hard things over and over again. I just had a hip replacement. Yeah. <laughs> Life has been hard. I had to do, I mean, it's kind of crazy, but walking was a hard thing for me for the last six weeks. Yeah. And today is a hard day in Texas here. It's freezing. Um, our roads are down. The kids are out of school. Um, that is not a good day if you have arthritis and anyone who experiences arthritis would relate to that cold and arthritis just don't go well together. And then my muscles are tight too. So now I can feel them a lot and I have to do those hard things. But I also think there's a place, and we talk about this in the book, like 
there's also a place to sometimes be gentle with yourself. I love another therapist that is a Christian counselor. I'm actually mm-hmm. going to interview her next week. Oh, Culver, yeah. Um, wrote a book called try softer. And I think that there's a place to try hard in a mindset approach for sure to persevere. Mm-hmm. And then there's a place to trust God to work when you're not working. And I've had to do a lot of that recently mm-hmm. and to try a little softer. Mm-hmm. So I think this idea of mindset is so important. And I think we do, we want to, we want to do this. So, Anne, how do you want, this is why I would ask a client, how do you want to feel when you wake up in the morning? I want to feel excited about my day. <laughs> yeah. If you just wake up and think how you feel, is that your general feeling? You may be kind of a happy person. Cause you know, we all have our kind of happy start, but most people I know feel grumpy, maybe experience a little pain. Teenagers are tired because their melatonin levels are the very highest at the time we wake them up, you know, so hard when we think about the way their biorhythms work and what we do to them. But, um, so then we have to say this to ourselves. And if you want to feel excited about your day, what would you think in order to produce that feeling? I would need to think that there's something good, that there's something to look forward to, that okay. God has a purpose for this day for me. Okay. And, and let's just take today. What are you looking forward to today? Oh, I get to talk with Michelle Niedert on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that might be what you do is in the morning when you wake up, instead of thinking, how do I feel? And you want to feel good about your day and you want to get yourself out of bed. You say to yourself, today's going to be a great day. I get to record a podcast with another mental health professional and interact with them. And that's exciting. And I want to get up and experience that. And I think we all have to do that. We all have to come up with, you know, maybe the night before we think about that, what am I going to think first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. before, sometimes before the caffeine and the coffee even hit, or at least while it's coming in, that is going to produce the kind of energy, emotion. She's showing me her mug right now, guys, <laughs> and feelings that you want for your day. And that's what make up your mind is all about. It is about making out your mind about who you are spiritually and then practicing these ideas of really aligning your thoughts with God's thoughts so that you can produce the kind of day and life that you really want. Not perfectly. You know, because let me tell you what, when I was in a lot of pain, my only thought was I'm going to take good care of myself today. So I heal Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be patient with myself. Mm -hmm. And that's what helped me not get frustrated was just saying, I'm going to be kind to myself. I'm going to be patient to myself. I think about Dr. Kristen Neff. She's another Texan down here who does great work from a general counseling perspective on Mm self-compassion. And I take that same idea. And talk about from a faith-based perspective, God has so much compassion for us. Think about how much you love your kids and how much compassion you have for them most of the time. You know, when they're taking four hours to do homework, sometimes Mm -hmm. you don't have as much compassion. When they act like they're dying because you told them you can't go through the drive-thru right now, you don't have as much compassion. But in general, we receive a lot of compassion from God. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to receive that compassion from him and, 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 and treat ourselves the way he would treat us. Yeah. And I think people struggle with that, Mm -hmm. especially, I'm going to be honest, our gender. I think women talk really mean to themselves. And I am out there with make up your mind saying, we have got to stop talking mean to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have got to talk to ourselves the way the father who loved us, the son who died for us, the spirit that lives in us Mm -hmm. 
would want us to interact with ourselves because that's who God is. And we reflect that not only to others, but yeah. And I think somebody, do you ever have this? Our clients tell me this all the time. I'm this way to other people, but I have a hard time treating myself. Oh yeah. 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 That's why I make so. Yeah, and make them stop and go, okay, so like, don't tell me what you're telling yourself right now. Tell me what you would be telling your friend if she were going through this. (laughs) I love that. And you know what? That's so funny because when I actually, um, one thing I really struggle with is because I run so hard and so fast and because I have a genetic history, which I, now we can see so many things with the microbiome. It's crazy, Mm -hmm. but of insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. So I flood myself with cortisol all the time. And because I do that to myself, I struggle with my weight. In fact, I I once had a doctor say, if you don't want to struggle with your weight anymore, get another job. But what he was saying to me is like, you have to realize if you're going to do this hard work, and run at the pace that you like to run. Mm-hmm. This is the byproduct of that. Mm-hmm. So I did work with a coach to change my mindset, but also to change my lifestyle a little. Yeah. And that's where I think make up your mind goes further. The production of the mindset is lifestyle change mm-hmm. is what really happens. For example, so my new mindset was I adopted myself as my third child. I have mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. So what would I like? If I was, had a 10 minute break, what would I feed my third child? It would not be the Oreo cookie sitting in front of the pantry. It would be an orange. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm trying to work on doing that for myself. Um, What time do I make my children go to bed? I make my children go to bed so they get enough sleep at night. Right. Mm -hmm. So how do I do that for myself in that same way? And that's, that's where I think that mindset comes in is you have to make a decision here of thinking differently and then you choose differently. Mm -hmm. But if I were just going to say, eat the orange, eat the orange, that wouldn't work for me. But, but saying to myself, I'm going to treat myself the way I would treat a child. I'm going to care for myself the way I want to care for my children. It ups my quality of care quite a bit. Yeah. So I just want to point out too that if you're somebody that's actually struggling with like a major depressive disorder or an anxiety disorder or something like that, sometimes like the example that we gave of waking up in the morning and saying, what do I have to look forward today? Your brain is stuck in this loop Mm -hmm. of there's nothing to look forward to. This day's just going to be as bad as yesterday was and the day before that. And what's the point? And so there's, there's that level That's the hopelessness, right? Yes. That's part of depression. And I think we need to adjust that, especially in the Christian community. I just actually talked, um, Deborah Follett is going to be on the, oh, um, you like her? Yeah. I yeah, love you her. You know, everybody. Huh? Yeah. Are you really? Okay. So Deborah and I were talking about the fact that, you know, chemical, when you, mental illness, when you're in true chemical depression, anxiety, panic attacks, you're in panic attacks, that kind of thing. You anxiety is like literally making you go into fight, flight, freeze or trauma is, um, that's not a character problem that Christian community likes to make that a character oh, problem. Yeah. That's a chemical problem. Right. And so sometimes we do have to work. And that's why I really, as I'm approaching this, and this is why, so the rest of the book, Bike Up Your Mind is written by a kind of Bible study teacher, not kind of, she's a heavy (laughs) Bible study teacher, theologian. She writes for Proverbs 31. She's getting her doctorate in theology. Her name is Denise Pass. And Denise dives deep into the scriptures and into the like triggers and the keys to getting out of the triggers from scripture. But I come in with this other voice of saying, Hey, this is really hard. 
I sit with you and I get it. It's really hard. And sometimes we do have to make body changes Mm -hmm. in order to create, like you said, those mindset changes Mm -hmm. in our lives. We have to change our body chemistry. I will see that with someone when cognitive behavioral therapy is failing over and over again, when a Christian who trusts God Mm -hmm. cannot renew their mind. And I will be very vulnerable here. I don't know if I've ever told this on a podcast before, but um, there you go. Secret welcome. today. Um, <laughs> welcome to the counselor share. Um, but I was involved in a really difficult situation where I was on church staff as a women's ministry leader and care small group leader. I ran the church counseling center and that church split. Mm-hmm. And I was doing everything I could to take care of my mind, you know, and my body but I kept seeing the doctor. I would have a rash and then I would get a sinus infection. Mm-hmm. And finally, my doctor sat me down because she was a good doctor. You know, sometimes doctors like are fast and they're in and out and they don't have time to really care. But she was the kind of doctor that like really booked longer appointments, didn't make as much money. It's rare to find them <laughs> these days. Yeah. But um, she said to me, she said, Michelle, I think you're doing everything that you can, but your body's giving up. Mm-hmm. And the way we see this is that your immune system suppressed that it's coming out in these rashes and these things. So she said, this is going to be a really humbling experience for you, but a great experience for you as a young therapist. She said, if you don't like it, you don't have to take it long, but I want you to try, even though you don't feel like you're depressed mm-hmm. an antidepressant for two weeks an SSRI, I took Selexa. I will tell you the name of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want you to come back. To, I want to see one. If you come back to me with another infection or rash, yeah. and then two, I want, I want you to experience how you feel. Within four for me and everybody's different. I'm very medication sensitive. So for some people it may take two full weeks. It took me four days. Mm -hmm. And I thought, who was that woman who walked in that doctor's office? And what was she thinking? Because even though I was like struggling upstream, I had nothing left in me. And now we can test for it. You know, you can tell if you've got serotonin in your body. Mm. I know if I'd taken a test, there would be no serotonin. (laughs) It would have been low for sure. And man, the cloud lifted and I could re-embrace hope again. And all of a sudden those battles that I was battling weren't so tough. And Mm -hmm. I didn't stay on that medication for the rest of my life. I didn't keep that adjustment disorder diagnosis for the rest of my life. Um, Now I did, I made a deal with her when I came back for follow-up visits that I would stay on the medicine till I figured, because I wasn't sure if I could go back into church work. I didn't know if I would trust church leaders again. It's kind of funny. I'm back out here with interacting with church leaders because at the time I was like, I want nothing to do with y'all. You have your own agendas and you will take anybody down with you in order to yeah. accomplish them. And, and, mm-hmm. and, you, and now we're hearing that, you know, we're hearing that in some other podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mars Hill was fascinating for me because I Perfect. lived Mars Hill. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was run over by the bus in ministry completely. And he did not apologize to me for six months. And then he came back and said he couldn't do ministry unless I told him I was sorry on the spot. I mean, church, churches can cause some trauma for sure. And so, and they're also great places to heal. It's so funny mm-hmm. because, you know, I kind of backed away from that. And then I healed, I I've healed as I've reconnected again in the church community. And I have found such healing and, and retrusting great people who are healthy again. So anyway, sometimes we do have to make a chemistry change and then we can realign other things in our lives. Mm-hmm. And that's what she and I agreed on that. I would not stop taking the medicine until I became employed again. Cause I lost my job. I was chosen to either betray my boss mm-hmm. and take over the pastorate and, and, and lie because I witnessed the conversation and I knew what they were saying wasn't true or to be fired on the spot for insubordination. Mm-hmm. Yikes. And, um, actually I found out later, just, if you're ever listening to this, you can get 
unemployment if something like that happens because that you're not fired for cause in a scenario like that because they <laughs> offered you, I didn't know that I literally lived I mean I lost my job yeah. um I lost my community. Mm-hmm. I lost my income. I mean, you think about church work changes the whole frame of things. And then on top of all that, I was dating my boyfriend at the time. And I think I jokingly said to him, Hey, um, you know what? Forget my career. I think we'll just get married and have kids. And I'll just do that for a little while. And let me tell you what, I was probably 30. He was probably, it's funny. He's my husband now. And he says his okay, biggest good. regret <laughs> is that he backed out the first time Aww. because we could have been married longer, maybe had one extra child. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know. I told him we're not guaranteed that, but, um, you know, uh, and he, um, it's funny, but it was hard. And so I lost everything. I mean, to be 29 years old and breaking up with the man you thought you were going to marry, you know, on top of everything else was crazy. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. And that's where I think we do hold on to hope. We have to look at scripture because it says God works everything out for good. That doesn't mean he like good just happens immediately. Mm-hmm. But everything I lost during that season has been restored. And actually it's been over restored over, yeah. you know, over restored. I mean, my counseling center is bigger than the church counseling center was, was my ministry outreach is greater. I mean, did it, did it knock me back? Yeah. Did I have to go into a season of recovery and healing? Absolutely. Um, but I think I'm more prepared. Should something like that have happen again? And I also don't think the grief would be the same. Yeah. So, and also I know that if it happens and I can't, keep pushing myself. It's okay to take medicine for a little while to help me, you know, so many good lessons and to help other people realize that you, you have God is not, God can still be enough for you and you go see a doctor. Yeah. So it's so, it's so interesting because we could have had this conversation at any point in the last six months on, on the soul grit podcast, the fall was taken up with a series on church hurt. Hmm. And it kind of like not unintentionally coincided with the rise and fall of Mars Hill podcast. So yes. that was coming out at the same time. Obviously I didn't know what they had in store. I just had my own series in store because of my own church hurt that I was dealing with. And then just when this episode airs, we will have just finished a s- series on medication and whether Christians should take medication. And well, so you Michelle, you're perfect. You're tying <laughs> both of those series together for us. Oh, well, God is really good. And I think he does reinforce certain messages in the culture. And here's why he does it. I know a lot of people may look at a book on make up your mind and, you know, I'm just gonna be honest with you that I have some competitors out there that are far more well-known than me have written great books recently on mindset. Now I had no idea they were coming when I was working on it, but here's why it's okay to do that. Because one of the greatest things I worked for Louis Giglio in college. And one time I was at a conference with a guy named Dave Busby, who was another leader at the time. And Dave was the oldest man living with, I think it was like some cystic fibrosis or something. Okay. And when I was at dinner with them, I said to Dave, I'm like, your message blew me away. I've never heard anything like that before. And he called me a liar. If you want to find out why Michelle was called a liar, And what he had to say to her, you're going to have to come back next week. Michelle's going to share with us the rest of that story, as well as some more information about mindset and self-care and how we can be taking care of ourselves. So I hope to see you back here next week. And don't forget that you can enter to win Drew Frozy's book by signing up for the mailing list at soulgritresources.com. The Soul Grit Podcast is a production of Soul Grit Resources. You can find more at soulgritresources.com or on the socials at Soul Grit Resources. 
you can email me at info at soulgritresources.com.